Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect your children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. What's up, you guys? Byron Rogers here, and welcome back to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. Uh, We got some good things coming, man. I'm so excited about what I'm seeing with this brand inside of the Executive Protection Lifestyle Group. The growth that I'm seeing the camaraderie that I'm seeing, uh, the the work that I'm seeing kind of get blasted out there. You know, guys are able to find work by using our, our, our executive protection lifestyle group on Facebook. So if you're not part of that group, go on ahead and get in there, get connected, uh, go to uh, executive protection lifestyle.com and get LinkedIn, man. Cause what we're, what we're doing here is we are creating a network that's going to contribute to the industry. That's what we're doing. We're creating a network that's literally going to make, uh, it easier for you as a good agent to be found. Uh, it's going to make it easier for you as someone wanting to get into the industry to find the different tools that you need, uh, different courses that you need to learn from guys who already been doing it, um, to have access to kind of like the inner circle of the industry. So, Yo, if you guys aren't part of the Facebook group, Executive Protection Lifestyle, go get on it. If you're not on Facebook and you're uh, just uh, maybe you're on LinkedIn, get on our LinkedIn group and maybe or if or if you're on just Instagram, we got an Instagram page. Um, and if you're not, if you're one of those uh, gray men, ultra spooky dudes in the industry and you don't want to be bothered with any social media, get on our mailing list. It's actually a good idea to get on the mailing list anyway. That way, you know, when podcasts drop when we're doing events, uh, when we're organizing things and when we're like networking, you know, so get on the mailing list, get on the mailing list, get on the mailing list. I'm not going to hit you with a bunch of spam. You'll just get notifications of when I'm dropping podcasts, maybe when we have live events and, uh, that'd really be about it, man. I, I, I manage six different email addresses. I'm not going to spam you. I will die first. Anyways, guys, I'm so glad that you're here, uh, with me today. I've got so much so much good content to talk to you guys about with regard to the industry. But first, just real quick, uh, another sponsor, Gray Man Suit Company. I'm so excited about this co-op that we're doing and working with these guys. Uh, I picked up a suit from them the other day. I'm going to have to do a whole entire review on it. Honestly, I'm going to put a lot of media on it because, you know, for the executive protection lifestyle, the suit was fire man like it was literally honestly like i my i just bought 
three nice Hugo Boss suits. Uh, smooth with like three V's on them. Your boy's gonna not look bad. Like, I have no hesitation uh, with walking around with my clients uh, in these suits because I know when I bring the heat in these suits, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring up the average. You know what I'm saying? So like, I talk about this principle of like bringing up the average, you know, when you're walking around with your client, you're representing your client's brand, you're representing your brand, you're, you're representing the brand of the guy who's paying you to be there. So, you know, are you bringing up the average or not? There's a vanity in the industry. You know what I mean, like people want to look good. They like things that look good. So they like EP agents that look good. It's just the reality of the game. You know, you need to look like you can protect them. You know, you need to look... You need to look like somebody who represents their brand, you know, and I, in on a really, really interesting and funny level, I can say that I've seen this go multiple different ways. Um, I had a good friend and, and someone who's probably one of the most squared away guys I know that like, honestly, like one of the only guys I would actually like put my name on and like recommend to a detail, you know, and that says a lot when you put your name on somebody, you know, like. And uh, he actually got denied a detail because they were like, yo, you're good. You're really good. Uh, you seem like a solid dude who's like ultra squared away. But real talk, you're just not hood enough. They said that to him, man, and sent him packing, you know. So you got to realize kind of like where you're at and you got to be all things to all people, you know, um, in this game. Because the huge component of the game is social dynamics, as you've heard me say a million times, you know, so I say all of that to say, you know, I got these suits from Hugo Boss, they're looking smooth with a couple V's on the end, uh, tailored, and you know me, like, I'm one of those bigger guys, so like, you know, I gotta have miss, miss and match, like pick your parts, big upper body, different suit for the lower body, you guys all know what I'm talking about, I know there's big, big boys listening to this. So that's my suit game, you know, none of no more of these like Cracker Jack, like fluffy American look like you're in a square, you know, with a tie on suits. This stuff's got to be nice and it's also got to be functional. But the, as we all know, the problem with those suits is that they're not that functional. It's like they can fit you and they can be comfortable. But if you really got to do some stuff, you're going to be popping seams. You know what I'm saying? If you got to snatch someone up, get in and out of a car too fast. Like, your suit may never be the same. In fact, it got so bad for me towards the beginning of my career that, like, I only wore bad suits on purpose to certain events just because, you know, I had, like, a Franken suit. I called it the Franken suit because it had stitches all up on the inside. If I opened the suit up, you could see, like, all these stitches on the inside where we repaired stuff and put pockets back in. They got ripped out in fights and stuff, you know. And, yeah, I was bouncing down, down in Miami. So I was bouncing down in Miami, and I had a client that did, like, you know, concert stuff all the time and events all the time. And like, it just, it, it blow your mind. So anyways, the bottom line is just from dealing with the crowd and moving bodies and moving people and doing all that stuff, like on a, on a really frequent basis, man, those suits were getting beat up. So I wasn't even wearing nice suits for a while. I just had like a nice black one that once the lights went out, I looked, I looked sharp, you know, um, and I'm sure a lot of us have done that, but, um, now that, you know, I'm in the more executive realm, you know, there's certain suits you want, you want to be looking sharp, man. You want to bring up the average. You want your client to look at you and be like, yo, I'm glad that I got that guy here with me. Not only does he protect me, he makes me look good, you know, that, cause, cause what they sign off on is a reflection of their brand. You guys will hear me say this a million times when I look at you, I see your standards, you know? So, you know, when I look at you, I see your physical fitness standards, you know, I see your monetary standards. I see, I see all those things when I look at you and everyone else does, whether they realize it or not, you know, people are always looking at 
people are always looking at each other and they're judging each other and they're reading each other and there's nothing wrong with that because that is the nature of life if you're not profiling you're not in the game good to go like you profiled that girl as she walked in you know what i mean because you you did uh you profile uh every every single person you're around because it lets you know how safe you are based on norms and patterns and things like that you know what i mean so you're always profiling if you're a salesperson you're profiling everybody that comes into your business if you're a human being that wants to stay alive uh very long when you're out by yourself you're looking at everybody you're walking by you're profiling them you're like yo this person might mean me harm this might be a gangster this person doesn't this person's probably a good person this person is old so they're probably not really capable of doing me harm if you're not doing it your subconscious mind is doing it because it's a skill set you know so it's something that I take into heavy consideration when I'm working with a client is the way I look, I respect the fact that the way I look represents their brand, you know, and I think it's wise to do that. I think it's a wise move. So when you're wearing your suit, when you're wearing anything, you need to look sharp. I take it very seriously. I get these Hugo Boss suits. You guys know how expensive those things are. I have a number of different brands I go with, but my sister works at Hugo Boss, so you know that's the way I've went lately. Uh, and now I'm sitting here and I... I, I Get hit up by this company, Gray Man Suit Company. Actually, I reached out to them because one of my buddy was Googling suits, tactical suits, suits for executive protection. And the reality is, like, we've all thought of this. We've all thought of it. We have all thought of it. Like, there needs to be a suit for protection work. You know, there needs to be a suit that's got extra stretch in it, that's got reinforced, you know, different parts in it so that, like, I don't wear holes in everything and I don't like beat the crap out of the suit. Like I want to drop nice money on nice suits, but I need the nice suits to last. I need them to stay in the game with me. I need them to like, I don't want to spend this much money and just be recycling these things, you know? So finally guys, ladies and gentlemen, finally, it has finally happened. We have a company that is designing suits specifically for the executive protection lifestyle, man. Not for the brand, but for our lifestyle, like for what we do, you know. So we're doing a co-op with them and uh, we'll see what we get, you know, how it all turns out. But I want to encourage you guys to check them out. Follow them on Instagram and get involved with that brand because the next time you're going to go drop some coin on some nice threads, it would be nice if the threads you got were designed for what you're about to do. I got my suit today. Uh, I just, let me just break down and tell you about how this went down real quick. Like, uh, so the whole entire process itself is digital. I ordered the suit, the deal got, they sent me like a, a fitting garment that I, I, uh, took pictures of and I gave them my measurements online. They sent me a fitting garment. I took pictures of it. I told them how it fitted. And then a few weeks later, they sent me the actual suit and the thing fits like a glove. Don't worry. I'm going to get all this on video. I'm going to show you guys what it looks like. I'm going to show you guys all the ins and outs, all the cool pockets, all the different features, all the snaps, like the snaps for, for draw, quick draw and all that stuff. Like the game's changing, especially with guys rocking appendix now, you know, like can you wear a suit and rock appendix? You know what I mean? Like, how do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how you guys roll, but I carry appendix primarily and I like to be able to carry uh, appendix even where I'm wearing, when I'm wearing a suit. But you also can't be flashing people because that's how you get caught up in the game. So you got you to do stuff right. Nonetheless, this suit has a number of different capabilities that other suits don't have. And it looks just as good. It looks smooth, man. It looks like a nice European cut suit, except it's got the stretch in it. It's got all the different features you wish it had. The crotch. I'm doing almost the splits in my suit. I'm doing my leg lifts that I do to test out my pants. 
know what I'm saying? It's got hidden pockets all in it. Um, I'm doing like like when I close, bring my arms together. You know how you usually can't do that in a suit if you're a big dude. It's got the stretchy joint in the middle uh, at the at the back of your deltoids and also in the in your middle back it's got all the stretch you need and when it comes together it doesn't look all weird and and pleated you know um very well done i'm very impressed like i want to i want to really thank and congratulate those guys for working with me on that and i really want more guys in the industry to check them out because i just believe it's a good product and it's worth the money when I look at the amount, my closet right now is full of suits that I don't even touch anymore. You know what I mean? So it's an investment for guys that have to wear suits, um, and, but it's it's a good investment. So check out Gray Man Suit Company. That was kind of like a little bit of a shout out to one of the sponsors. At the same time, it's I mean it's EP lifestyle stuff. It's it's legit to the game stuff. You know what I'm saying? So it's something that you want to make uh, considerations about. So moving into the content for today, like what do we got today on the lineup? Something that's been really getting to me that I've really wanted to talk about is something I'm going to call the war path, the war path, man. And uh, I heard Jocko mention it in like a brief clip. Uh, So, you know, it's something that he talks about in his podcast. If you're looking for good podcasts, go check that podcast out. That podcast is fantastic when it comes to warrior mindset, warrior mentality. Um, but he said something about it. I'm going to elaborate on it a little bit kind of from my perspective and my viewpoint, man. The war path. What is the war path? You know what I'm saying? Well, I think at the base, at the genesis, at the basis of all of us executive protection agents, protectors even, there is the heart of a warrior. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. There's a heart there. Like the blood pumping through our veins is the blood of warriors. You know what I mean? I don't know the science behind it. You know what I mean? But our lineage, what we're made of, the energy that we have, I believe it's warrior blood, man. Maybe it's literally our pedigree. You know, maybe you look back through our ancestors, you know, I know there was fighters back there. Maybe, I don't know what it is, but I know that guys, I want to say that I know, you know, I'm pretty sure that guys and girls that choose to do what we do for a living, it's because we're warriors, you know, and we're, we're really looking for a good, healthy outlet for that energy, you know, and that's why we choose to protect. There are many different warriors out there. Warriors that choose to do different things, that choose to look at things differently, that choose to do good and choose to do bad. Like there's warriors that use their power for, you know, good and evil, positive and negative. But for the protectors out there, what beats in our chest is the heart of a warrior. And so, you know, I I look at the game. I look at individuals out there in the game and I just see that this job can become really mundane. It can become really like not rewarding if you don't honor that ethos that you're kind of like made of. You know what I mean? Because with executive protection, so much of it is concierge. So much of it is getting purple M&Ms, you know. So much of it is, you know, making sure the green room's put together right, you know. Making sure the driver turns his ringer off before you guys go green light. You know, so much of it is 
not as intense or as serious as, you know, our previous lives may have been or as sometimes we want it to be. It's not as interesting and fun as we want it to be, you know, when you're doing good and you're on private jets and you're hitting all the hotels and you're just running the itinerary. It's very easy to get sucked in to like this, this like comfortable flow. You know, it's so easy to just be like, all right, cool. You know, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. We're untouchable. We're flowing. You know I mean? We're the dudes. You're tipping everybody. Everyone's happy. You're shaking hands. Everything just looks good. It's really easy to get sucked into that and to forget the intensity that's re- that may be required of you in an instant, you know, especially if you don't have the background that has breeded the mindset in you to be able to flip that switch if you need to. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, man. I know that, you know, and so what I wanted to talk about with regards to this war path is, you know, I believe it's something that we have to maintain. And I think that a lot of people in the industry, especially if things go right for too long and the dragons that you're slaying are more all like admin battles, like who didn't put the car seat in the car and who forgot my chips for the trip and like battles like that, you can kind of lose sight of, you know, what I call the war path. And the war path is just like, it's what keeps you sharp. It's what strengthens the heart of a warrior that beats within all of us. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's what keeps you engaged with this job. It's what stops you from burning out. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing to keep yourself dangerous? What are you doing to keep your edge sharp? You know what I'm saying? Do you still have that thousand yard stare? You know, people act like it's not true. It's a real thing. It is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. I remember when we were in, I was in the Marine Corps and I remember coming into the fleet and I remember looking at the different Marines. I remember looking in the eyes of the dudes who came back from Volusia, from Fallujah and looking at the, at the garrison dudes. And I remember being like, these are two different beasts and I remember being like there's a distinct difference between combat veteran combat marines and just normal marines there is a distinct difference and then we got this gunny and he was from like the drill field or something like that and I remember he was in charge he was like our company gunny he was our company gunny and he was like there is no difference between a combat marine and a normal marine and he kind of had to say this because obviously the senior marines and combat marines were hazing the crap out of everybody um, and it was good for him because they knew what was going to be required of these young men as they went into combat that it takes men to make men you know what i'm saying uh and so you know we had to make sure we were going into war with men there's one way you find that out good to go pain in good training you know that's 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 i'm old school like that you know love me hate me cry bully me whatever it's america i get to have my opinion so we're sitting here and uh he says this and we're all school circled up and we end up going to bridgeport and uh, we come back, man. I'll never forget it. Was it Bridgeport or did we actually go to combat? I don't remember. Some crazy stuff happened. And I'll never forget it, man. He pulls us around school circle again. He's like, and I stand corrected. <laughs> there is definitely a difference between combat Marines and normal Marines. And it's it's true, in my opinion. And that's because when you've walked through the fire, little else has touched you. You know, um, you find yourself through the challenges you go through in life. If you don't go through those challenges, you never get to find out who you really are. Confidence comes from experience. Confidence comes from experience. You know, I think a lot of people these days just struggle. They struggle with with anxiety and depression and confidence and all this different stuff. They never take action on their own greater destiny, purpose and future because real talk, they literally don't have the experience that is going to help them understand who it is 
they truly are. Like they don't have the experience that's that that that, that reinforces confidence in themselves. So they don't know any better. They don't they you know, so and they have to struggle with that and they have to live with that and it's terrible. So that's my thoughts on that. You know? And that's what the war path does for you. The war path is all about knowing who you are. It's all about honoring who you are. It's all about cultivating the warrior heart inside of you. It's all about preparing yourself for one moment when everything you've worked for, everything that you've worked to create, and everything that you are is very well going to be tested. You know what I mean? That's what the war path is about. It is the path to battle. It is the path to combat. And, you know, especially if you have never experienced combat, if you've never been in a decisive engagement where you've had to fight for your life, it's really hard to think and understand what your reaction is going to be. It's really hard to think and understand what, how it's going to affect you when it actually happens, it's, it's really hard to just estimate, you know what I mean? And so I think it is only appropriate with what we're doing as executive protection agents and protection specialists to stay on that war path as long as you're doing this job. Because like my boy Charles says, man, every single time you step out, every single time you step off, when we go green light, you are writing a blank check. There is someone paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars to keep them ir- ir- safe, to keep them safe. Boom. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Why would someone pay you that much money? Sometimes, yeah, the threat level's relatively low, you know. Sometimes it's just about embarrassment or it's about peace of mind or whatever, but the reality is still there, man. High net worth individuals are valuable, and if you're on the payroll to keep them safe, take it seriously. Take it seriously. Take it seriously because guess what? For that period of time, you guys are in the same boat. You guys are in the same boat, man. And for me, I really I really look at, you know, my honor. I, I look at my honor more as more valuable than my my life. You know what I'm saying? So this warpath thing is no joke. Like for me it would be worse for something to happen to my client while I'm there and me make it and me not like do absolutely everything necessary to protect them up into giving my life. It would be more dishonorable. It would be dishonorable for me. You know what I mean? Like we, we take a look at that movie, Man on Fire. We got to have a whole episode talking about that movie. I think that's going to be great. Um, but, you know, yeah, you're the good guy. Yeah, you're probably going to be outnumbered. You know what I mean? But he kept his honor because he whipped it on and he went all the way with those with those cats when they tried to take his his, his client. You know, and if you're staying on the war path, you're doing things daily. You're doing things constantly to feed that aspect of yourself. You're doing things consistently to make yourself more and more dangerous during times of peace, prepare for war. You're doing things all the time. You're feeding the aspect of yourself that's going to make you ready to make the ultimate sacrifice, but not even to make the ultimate sacrifice, to outperform your enemy. The goal is to outperform your enemy. If you if you get a fair fight, it's on you to lose that if you lose that fight. If you actually get the opportunity to have a fair fight, because we're good guys. We're behind the eight ball. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to stay left to bang. But real talk, it usually kicks off on the right side of bang. You know what I mean? So with what we do, you know, we're generally a reactionary force. We try to stay proactive, but 
that's not really the game. It's you see something dangerous and you know, you're trying to stay in that OODA loop. You're trying to stay ahead of it. But the reality is usually we're chasing the rabbit. You know what I'm saying? We don't walk around with our guns drawn. So what are you doing daily? I pose the question to you as a protection specialist, as an executive protection agent, as a mom or dad who's tasked with protecting your family, you know, as just a man, as a man who's, I believe, uh, biochemical responsibility that comes with having a strong body is to protect absolutely everyone around you, period, as an adult, you know, uh, you know, what are you doing to put yourself in a position to nurture the warrior's heart inside of you and stay dangerous and stay on that war path, the path to war, you know, every single day that I can, I wake up, I hit the gym. I crush some steel, you know, I'm up in that gym, I'm training my body while I'm listening, while I'm at the gym, I'm listening to my motivational speakers, I'm listening to, if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll see a playlist named Moto Vids, you scroll all the way down, it's like over 500 motivational videos, it is awesome to work out to, and it makes you smarter, I'm listening to that while I'm working out, I'm training, you know what I'm saying, um, I'm running for at least 30 minutes as far and as fast as I can, you know, and then I'm getting into the day, you know, um, I'm creating, I'm building, I'm investing in myself. I'm listening to audiobooks all day long so that I'm a little bit smarter. So I understand human dynamics a little bit better. I'm getting my master's degree in psychology. You know, I'm understanding people a little bit, little bit more. I can read those pre-thread indicators. I can take a look at those clusters of behavior. I can look at those, the anxiety in someone's body. I can read what their limbic system is telling me while their mouth and their face are trying to tell me something different. You know, I see the world differently because the information that I've ingested. So these are the types of things that you want to start really like thinking about if you're thinking about getting into executive protection or if you're in executive protection you know am i on the war path or am i just getting fat and nasty and happy and lazy you know what i mean like if something goes down like is there is there a younger stronger version out there that can just defeat me and the reality is there always is always is you know so you got to be asking yourself the question what's my enemy doing right now and then you got to be doing what it is you can do to be prepared to meet him valiantly on the battlefield that's the game that's the joint. That's the jam. Turn it up. Play it again. That's how I think about it, you know. So that was the first thing that I wanted to kind of touch on with this this cast. To caveat to that, you know, the reality is that if you find yourself in a combat situation with regards to executive protection, you know, you're wrong. That shouldn't have happened. And that responsibility the responsibility for that lands on you. You know, no matter how fair or unfair it is, our goal is to avoid anything like that. And there's like so much stuff out there. And, you know, I've, I, I also generate a lot of content around shooting because I'm a competitive shooter. I'm a gun enthusiast. I'm a Marine. But executive protection is not about combat. It's about moving people as safely as possible from A to B. It's about facilitating someone's daily operations in the safest way possible, as far away from any combat engagement as possible, as far away from any friction actually as possible. And so, you know, if you find yourself snagged in a lobby, you know, and there's someone who is trying to get to your client and you end up in some type of combat engagement and you have to go put your hands on and scrap with them in the lobby or try to move them, you're wrong, okay? Your goal with this job, to the best of my understanding, and like I said, I don't know everything, Bruce Lee, everything I say, absorb what's useful, disregard what's useless, and add what is essentially your own, but your job is to avoid all friction, 
all friction points, all the way down to your client asking you to go to go to the go to a restaurant and you not knowing where it is. All confusion, all friction is supposed to be minimized. So if you do get snagged and you do end up in a combat engagement, your ideal, um, the principles you should be abiding by are avoid and get away and get out of that situation. Don't sit there and yell. Yelling looks like you're losing control. You know, move your client as quickly, efficiently, and as client, quietly as possible. That's the goal. We're, we're not warriors anymore in terms of uh, the act and, and, and tactics that we're using. The, right now, we're guardians. And so the tactics we're using are all centered around client safety, not about whether or not you can or can't destroy uh, the tango that's coming at you. You know, that's absolutely irrelevant. So you don't want to end up getting, you know, snagged or caught up in anything because fluidity is what we're going for. You know, less friction is what we're going for, you know, and another thing, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of stuff and I've been posting a lot of stuff on, on the, on the Instagram page too, you know, where I'm seeing, you know, security professionals and I'll say bouncers included throwing hands with patrons out, you know, on the sidewalk outside of the club and stuff like that. And like, I get it, you know, if someone hits you, you want to react and, um, I get it. I'm just saying, especially in today's day and age, you just got to make some serious considerations around your actions with regards to, you know, litigation and repercussions for things you're doing because everything you're doing these days is recorded. Um, and, you know, you really just got to weigh at that time whether or not, you know, punching that dude back in the face is the most professional thing to do. And, you know, a lot of guys will be like, nah, there's just no discussion. If someone hits me, I'm going to hit him back. Well, you know, I get it. But I think it's wise to maybe, you know, have a conversation or, or ha have some thoughts about emotional intelligence. You know, am I saying if someone punches me, I'm not going to punch him back? For me, it depends on the context. If I'm fighting for my life, that's one thing. But if somebody jabs me outside in front of the club or something like that, it's very unlikely that I'm going to actually strike that human being back um, for a number of different reasons. One, you know, I don't want to lose my job. Two, I don't want to bring, I don't want to expose my clients to uh, liability. Three, it's really a conversation about emotional intelligence. You know, why do you want to hit that guy? Because he hits you? Because it hurt you? It hurt your ego? It hurt your feelings? These are things you got to consider, man. Are you okay? You're probably okay. You're probably okay. If you're not okay, you can sue the crap out of him. You know what I mean? Like there are recourses that are actually a lot smarter and that will get you actually quite a bit farther than striking that person back good to go. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's the, the world we live in is not the world we used to live in. And I get the man to man thing, man. I wish, I wish the world was more kind of old school man to man stuff, solve your problem outside type of stuff, you know, but it's just not anymore. You know, it's just not the world is made for money, not mankind nowadays. And when you're doing executive protect, when you're doing security work in gen, just period, you need to keep in mind, you know, it's almost like know your target and what lies beyond when you're when you're using when you're when you're shooting a firearm. You know, it's kind of like you got to be thinking about the background. You got to be thinking about thinking the problem and the equation all the way through. You know, if you end up getting into a slugging match with somebody, um, it's just too dangerous with dangerous with regards to your professional career. And in my opinion, I don't think it's worth it. And that's just kind of where I'm at with it. You know, I think a consummate professional might take a hit or two and actually might just keep his keep his keep a cool head, make sure the person gets off the property as safely as possible and deals with it curbside, whether it's calls law enforcement or whatever it is that uh, that's within their SOP to do. 
And I think that their employer will be much happier to see them make those moves uh, than doing anything else like trying to take justice into their own hands uh, with regards to the way that you deal with a threat like that. So that's my two cents on all these videos when it comes to, you know, seeing dudes uh, slug it out with with patrons and, uh, you know, slugging it out with patrons on the sidewalk, man. It's I don't think it's the most professional thing to do. Let's talk about CCW work versus exposed work. You know, for most of my career, I have worked in a concealed capacity, all CCW work. That's been that's been my flow, man. That's been my jam. And I prefer it by far. Um, there's pros and cons to both. You know, the CCW stuff, plain clothes, no uniform, that's obviously better, but... With regards to security, you know, you have the element of surprise. But let's face it, guys like me and guys like a number of other guys that we know, big, scary-looking dudes. Like, I'm not saying I'm big and scary-looking, but people pay attention because I have enough, like, obvious strength to where anybody in an environment that's profiling is going to be like, yo, this dude's, like, this dude's strong. Like, it's it's in their best interest to pay attention to where I am and what I'm doing. So, um I noticed that a lot of people, like for me, the element of surprise isn't necessarily like something I'm going to count as a strength. People are aware of me and they are aware of what I'm doing, (laughs) you know? However, when working CCW, you know, you have, you have a little bit more of that because they don't know if you have a gun or not. They don't know. And I like that. I personally prefer to work with my weapon concealed. Um, It's just smoother. There's just less friction, you know? But there is a lot to be said for the deterrence that comes with working exposed. You know, there's a lot to be said for that deterrence and that it can actually, it can stop and really contribute to uh, avoiding an issue. But it can also contribute to the person who has that exposed weapon being the first target, you know, uh, of an attack. For me, some considerations are when I work exposed, I wear plates, you know, uh, and it also has most to do for me with the application of the security work. You know, I do work with a number, with a big mega church out here in Orange County and, um, or a SoCal and we roll exposed. I've got plate carriers. We have all that stuff on, you know, and we've actually, before we started outfitting our campuses, we had issues where, you know, where we had actual specific incidents taking place on various campuses that didn't have any exposed security assets because people knew that those campuses weren't as well protected. So there is something to be said for the deterrence. You know, they would literally go to the campus when uh, they knew there was no security assets there and, you know, try to do things like vandalize the campus and things like that. So there's a lot to be said for the deterrence angle. And, in a perfect world, I think if you're securing a facility or an event, I think that a multimodal approach is best to have layers of security, um, you know, to have both an exposed layer and then also a plainclothes layer is all obviously ideal, but it's going to depend on what kind of assets that, that you that you're able to get. I think for venues, it's it's probably most important to have visible and obvious security because 
you know, your first line of defense, in my opinion, is going to be hard targeting. You really want to make it look like your venue is not going to be an easy target because it's a venue. It's stationary, you know, uh, speed and agility and staying under the radar isn't necessarily a tool that you're going to be leaning on, you know. So uh, with regards to venues, I think the whole armed, ex the armed exposed things great. You know, it's kind of like having a bouncer at the door. It's letting everyone in the environment know, hey, there's accountability here. You know, you can't just do what you want. You're going to have to deal with these guys. Uh, it's hard targeting one-on-one, you know. So, you know, that's kind of, I, th I think with the whole question I've, I've been getting about, you know, what's better, exposed work or or um, unexposed you know, like CCW work, I think it really just depends on the application of what you're doing, what you're doing, you know. If you're just protecting a human being, obviously it's ideal to be rolling, you know, CCW, you know. But if you're protecting a venue, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, having the weapons out and having a hard posture and saying that, you know, this venue is protected. We do have guns here and we believe in this stuff. Uh, that's kind of my two cents on the, C on the CCW thing versus exposed, man. Types of clients. Here's one. Sunglasses or no sunglasses. A lot of guys I know wear sunglasses when they work executive protection, where they work private security. I personally don't like to wear sunglasses when I work. I personally like to wear, uh, I just, I personally like to have my eyes out, man. I don't like the sunglasses because I feel like it makes it so that my eyes, I can communicate with my eyes. And that's one of my most powerful tools with regards to controlling people and helping people understand my intent. When I look at somebody, you know, there's a communication going on. And when I'm wearing sunglasses and I'm looking at somebody, there's this like cold, dead lack of communication that's going on that can be somewhat intimidating. But my goal isn't necessarily to intimidate everyone. My goal is to build rapport with everyone around me. So my goal is to build rapport with everyone around me that's going to help me influence everyone around me. My goal isn't just simply to protect my client and move them in and out of the room. My goal is to subversively be able to influence and dominate that room through a number of different social dynamics and um, like kind of non-tangible skill sets that I'm almost always using. And it doesn't make me an evil person. It just makes me a smart person. You know, like I'm showing everyone respect. It's very easy to do that when they can see your eyes. You know, I'm showing them a respect that I am expecting back, you know, I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm showing people that I'm not, that I am friendly, you know, sometimes it's time to not be approachable and it's time to not be friendly, but I'm showing everyone that, you know, I'm not the, just a tough, mean security guy, you know, that I'm approachable, that if they see something that I need to know about, they can come up and talk to me about it. I'm showing everyone, you know, that I'm a good guy with my eyes. I'm literally taking the stress and I'm bringing it down. And I do a lot of that with my eye movements and a lot of that with my gestures and the way I interact with people. So I feel like personally, and this is just me, wearing sunglasses, um, while it does give me the ability to be able to look at things uh, that look at things without people realizing it and, and kind of you have that little bit of like shield to be able to like check things out and do things. I feel like for me, I'm more effective if everyone can see my eyes and my eye movements and see what I'm looking at. Uh, because I can direct people, I can shut people down, 
I can um, invite people. I can calm people down. I can ease the, the stress and the tension, you know. And your client's picking up on that stress and tension that you cause other people to experience all the time. And they either like it or they don't like it. So it depends on your client. But you might not want to make people uncomfortable all the time when you're working with a client because depending on if your client's like a, a good person, not a good person or not, but like if your client's the type of person that doesn't like to make other people feel uncomfortable, you know, rolling with you can be kind of heavy for them, you know? So for me personally, I don't actually rock sunglasses uh, very much when I, when I work. It's got to be ultra necessary. Now, when I do exposed work, um, you know, if I'm escorting something that I'm doing exposed work or maybe at a venue, I might have my sunglasses on because right then you're like, you just look hard, man. You got all your stuff on. I got plate carriers on, all kinds of crazy stuff on. Um, so that's kind of my, my spiel on the sunglasses. You got to figure out what works for you though too, man. If you're not the type of person that has those eyes that kind of communicate with everybody, then maybe it is better for you to have sunglasses. All this stuff, none of this is one size fits all. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's definitely tailored. Here's another one. Putting your name on someone. This is this is a serious thing because it's such a small industry. Putting your name on someone, I mean, in any profession is a big deal. But in ours, I think it's especially a big deal. There are some companies you can't even really get into unless someone puts their name on you. You know, and that is, it's like an honor system. And that person and that you put your name on them that literally will follow you and them for their entire career well where we get this guy you know what byron put it byron put his name on this guy byron's the reason that this guy's here really man and then you get a call and you're like and they're like hey your boy just didn't show up for a shift or your boy just blah 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 blah, blah. so you know i thought everyone knew this but i had an incident uh, this last year where, you know, I straight put my name on somebody and real talk, man, he completely and utterly and terribly failed. And if it wasn't for the fact that I had already had fantastic rapport with that employer, um, yeah, man, it really would have made me look like crap too. Cause birds of a feather flock together, you know, it would have been very dishonoring, you know, but luckily we have a relationship. And so I kind of took that hit. So, you know, if someone puts their name on you, understand that they put their DNA on you, man. Their reputation's on the line with you. You need to take that very, very seriously. And you need to realize that if you fail, you're not the only one failing. Your employer's failing and the person that put their name on you that's giving you that shot, that's giving you that chance, they're also failing with you. So if someone does that for you, man, take it very, very seriously. Now, these days, I, there's only about three guys I can think of in the industry that I know that I'll put my name on, you know what I'm saying? Like that I'll actually vouch for because I've just seen it go bad so many times, you know, like the guy that I recommended, he didn't show up for his post twice, not once, twice. My dude gave him two shots because I knew the dude, you know, and it's one of the most disappointing things. And, you know, I, the dude still hits me up for work from time to time. And I don't, I don't know if I'll even like, I don't even want it. I don't even, I just, when you mess up with me, man, like, I just, I don't even want to, I don't even want to, I don't even want to take his calls, man. <laughs> you know, I'll be entirely honest with you on that. So when someone puts your, their name on, you realize it's a whole, it's a sacred thing and do your best not to let them down. You know, it's not, even if the employer is, 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 is not even doing that good, 
Talk to the person that put their name on you before you do anything rash or harsh, you know. See if they can talk to the guy who who, who has them employed, who who's employing you because they talk to him to get you in there and fix things, you know. Uh, use your assets, but, you know, just realize that when someone puts their name on you, it's a big deal in this industry especially because, you know, the security industry is supposed to like double in the next 10 years, but really it's still an extremely small, it's a small game. It's a small industry. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's every, it's just a matter of time until word about you gets around the campfire. So, and with that having been said, man, guys, be careful of who you put your name on. You know, don't just, don't just go throwing that around because it's your name. Your name gets drugged through the dirt. Your name is all you have considerations as we say. So with that, boom, with that, I think we will set this one down. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I look forward to seeing you all on the next podcast. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible contributing to this brand what we're doing here making it so that i can bring better guests on making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make an america a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that the lifestyle behind that you guys are already killing it one dollar a month five dollars a month ten bucks a month twenty bucks a month whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on mcdonald's hey you want to put it towards something that's going to good use put it towards a podcast and get involved in our our patreon account at executive protection lifestyle.com and if you want to find me that's byron rogers motivation.com um you know do whatever you can contribute whatever you can to that patreon account because it makes all of these things possible ladies and gentlemen so much love Thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there, and it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom, and no podcast would be complete without a word to my sponsors, the companies that believe in me, and that give us the opportunity to get cool stuff at a discount. So Rogue American Apparel, awesome American clothing. Check them out the second you see their gear. You'll know what I'm talking about. Sidekick mounts, all the cool videos you see me making with first-person shooter stuff, videos with cameras mounted on my weapon and all this other fun trash. Check them out. Primary weapon systems, simply the best rifles that are being made right now. It really is the evolution of, of, of it's the evolution of, of guns and evolution of rifles. Check them out. They make the best rifles, hands down, because of their piston system. There's a science behind it. Check them out. Gray Man Suit Company, all the different, you know, we've all had the idea of like, man, why does executive protection, why are we doing these suits? We can't move. It's hot. It's terrible. They make suits for what we do with the stretch where you need it with the reinforcement in the suits where you need it where the pockets in the suits where you need it duke defense all the different accessories that you need to make your rifle manipulations and everything and also your pistol stuff faster duke defense check them out all these companies have given me a code use my name byron b-y-r-o-n for 10 percent off byron b-y-r-o-n at checkout online on their websites for 10 percent off Boom, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. 
This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. Com, and I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.